Earlier this week, 83 patients were evacuated from the Magnolia Rehabilitation and Nursing Center in Riverside County, California. This, after much of the staff, didn't show up to work for two days. What exactly happened? Well, an outbreak of COVID-19 was discovered at an adjacent hospital, and two employees at the nursing home also tested positive. When all the nursing home residents and 153 staff members were subsequently tested, 34 residents tested positive, along with a large number of staff. That's when the staffing issues started. County officials say they don't know exactly why the employees failed to show up for work at the nursing home, but when staffing became insufficient, Riverside County Public Health Officer David Cameron Kaiser ordered the nursing home to be evacuated. You may also recall how the coronavirus spread at the Life Care Center of Kirkland, an early epicenter for COVID-19 outbreaks in the Seattle area. It resulted in a devastating 37 confirmed deaths. Nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and group homes house the most vulnerable population to COVID-19, and many that live or work at such facilities are among those in need of desperate support to fight coronavirus. Christina Pascucci spoke with Dr. Michael Wasserman, an expert in geriatric medicine and the president of the California Association of Long-Term Care Medicine, to learn more about what needs to be done to protect our most at-risk citizens and those who care for them. You say that you have one message or a big message for the governor. What would that be? So the governor, the mayors, the head of the county health departments, Right now, they're all functioning in a incident command mode. They have an incident command team. Every one of those teams must have someone with geriatrics expertise. They desperately need geriatricians, physicians with expertise in geriatrics to be advising them on the impact of the policies they are putting in place during this pandemic. What do you think they're not getting? What, what policy would you enact immediately? So the policy I would enact absolutely right now is I would not allow transfers of residents between facilities. So there's no way that one person should be moving from one nursing home to another or from one nursing home to an assisted living or into a group home. And here's why. Because we've already seen it is you don't know what you're sending. So let's say you your loved one lives in a nursing home or an assisted living that doesn't have the virus right now. And another resident from another facility is transferred into your, your loved one's facility and that person has the virus. Mm-hmm. You are introducing a deadly virus into that facility. I've actually been quoted by the LA Times in saying that that's tantamount to premeditated murder. And I've I've been asked, would I still say that? And as much as my wife tells me I'm coming on a little strong, (laughs) I I have actually yet to speak to a family member or a lay person who, if I ask them, if that was your mother or grandmother in that facility, what do you think of my comment? Mm -hmm. And to a person, they say, yeah, we get it. Because... You don't know what you don't know, and until we have adequate testing and adequate ability to contain with PPE and good infection control, we really have to show an abundance of caution. So the single most important uh, mandate I would make right now is 
there should be no interfacility transfers, period. When it comes to geriatric patients. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about nursing homes, assisted livings, and group homes. Yes. And, and, and even younger people who live in those realms live there because they have multiple chronic illnesses. So we're talking about a population that is at the highest risk of getting, of, of not only getting this disease, but having bad outcomes. It was pretty crazy what happened earlier this week on Wednesday, uh, coming out of Riverside, the Magnolia Rehab and Nursing Center. 80 plus patients were evacuated because the employees there didn't show up to work. Um, some of them I heard from, they said that they didn't feel protected, but they're getting a lot of heat for that. What's your take on what happened there? So this actually goes to the issue that a lot of resources are going to hospitals right now. And the nursing homes are being ignored. Um, you know, I, I, I've been telling people that nursing homes and assisted livings are essentially an accelerant for this virus. And the only way we're going to contain the virus is to literally put moats around nursing homes and assisted living. So what that means is we need adequate testing. We need adequate PPE, that's the personal protective equipment, mm -hmm. um, in these nursing homes. So, yeah, the staff should be concerned. Uh, the, now, the, the challenge is, if we're doing it right, then the residents and the staff are protected. If we do it wrong and your facility has a huge outbreak, then the staff are going to get affected too. So we're putting both vulnerable residents and frontline staff at risk if by not providing the protection for them. So, look, I, I don't know all the circumstances there. Um, I, 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 I feel for everyone in these circumstances, um, but, you know, there really hasn't been enough focus on the nursing home and assisted living population. And the crazy part is, Myself and my colleagues in the field of geriatrics, literally from the moment on February 29th that Kirkland happened in Washington, have immediately understood the gravity of this. And we've been sort of yelling at the top of our lungs trying to get to elected officials to help them. And it sort of circles back to my first suggestion. The governor of New York basically said to nursing homes, you must take COVID patients. The problem is, I've already said, that's that's murder. Mm -hmm. But here, here's the other side of it. You bring a COVID person into a nursing home that doesn't have it, and three weeks later, that facility is going to send 20 people back to the hospital. So the surges that everyone's worried about are going to come from nursing homes and assisted living facilities. Mm -hmm. And so instead of waiting for that to happen, we need to be protecting the folks who live in assisted livings and nursing homes. And it, it's doable, but it, it's going to take a, a, almost a paradigm shift for that industry because this is an industry that is not prepared for it in a lot of ways. How could they have prepared for something like this? And and to your point with Kirkland, I mean, it's, it's crazy because I remember watching that unfold and those are that was really the first swarm of cases we saw here in the U.S. And now it's not uncommon for there to be dozens of positive COVID-19 cases in a nursing home. That's actually becoming almost a norm. So literally a month ago, just a week or so after Kirkland, 
we made a recommendation to the state Department of Health, the California um, Department of Public Health. The recommendation was that the governor mandate every nursing home in the state that to take their designated infection preventionist and make that person full-time. So every nursing home in the state has a designated infection preventionist. But in most cases, that person maybe is able to put four hours a week into that job mm-hmm. because they're being pulled in multiple directions. What we should have done then and what we should still do now is every nursing home and ideally assisted livings don't have these people, but we need to get them these people. Every nursing home and assisted living should literally have a full-time person whose job it is to make sure that everyone in that facility is doing good, not not good, stellar hand hygiene, hand washing, Mm -hmm. that, that if anyone has symptoms, that they are isolated, that any, all staff and any visitors have their temperatures checked and are checked for symptoms. These are the techniques we all know about. Now, we also need testing and we also need masks and other personal protective equipment to back this up. So that's, if we do that, if we do that, we can save tens of thousands of lives here in California. And the shame is the experts were telling the state this a month ago because mm-hmm. we knew what was coming and we weren't listened to. What about what's coming out of the county, the L.A. County uh, Director of Public Health? She acknowledged that there are COVID-19 cases in more than 100 of these facilities just here locally. Uh, Most of them are three or fewer cases currently, but some of these places, some of these facilities have dozens of cases. And she advised families that, you know, if you need to take your loved one out, if you can care for them at home, maybe you should do that. What do you think about that? I've actually been trying to get in touch with her because I understand why she said it. And I actually don't disagree with it. If my grandmother or mother was in 95% of the facilities in Los Angeles, I'd be bringing her home. However, the problem is there's a reason people live in nursing homes. Most families don't have the ability or the wherewithal to bring their loved one home. And in doing so, could be putting those folks also at significant risk Risk if the families don't know how to practice good infection control. And again, the families would need caregiving ability and everything. So there may be 10%, maybe 20% of folks who could be brought home for the time being, but that really doesn't solve the problem. So what do you do? What do people do? What would you recommend to to most who have a loved one at one of these facilities? So what I what I actually recommend is um, I would be I would be a, 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 a you know what's what's the word I, I would just be advocating to the leadership in that facility to say okay what are you doing regarding infection prevention what you know and, and I'd be calling everyone I know to say how do we make sure that my mom's facility has adequate testing and PPE so I would help. I would work with your facility to advocate to get PPE, masks, um, testing. But I'd also 
hold their feet to the fire and say, you show me that you've got a full-time person in your facility working on infection control. That's what I would do. Great recommendations. Uh, Anything else you want to leave our listeners with? No, I think uh, there's a lot of people working really hard, but we need to help them work smart as well. And I think in a pandemic, uh, it's really putting a, a test to all sorts of agencies' abilities to work in an incident command mode. And I think they're struggling. And again, I circle back to what I said at the beginning. They may be following the structure, but they need the expertise. And if they don't have folks with expertise in geriatrics, they don't know what they don't know. And they'll be making decisions that potentially are harmful, just like the one that Governor of uh, New York made. All right. Dr. Michael Wasserman, appreciate your time, your insight, and everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Christina. More Coronavirus Daily on Monday. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so it shows up in your feed and you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website for more information at ktla.com slash coronavirusdaily. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at KTLA Podcasts. For the very latest coronavirus headlines anytime, visit KTLA.com or check the KTLA News app. Thanks for listening.